We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Light years is so fucking crazy to me. It's so crazy. Light years is so fucking crazy to me. It's so crazy. Ethan doesn't even do the uh, radio Ethan anymore. It's not a... Had to re- get retired at some point when you became an, uh, a book, uh, an author. So mm. I respect that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did feel like you never really liked doing radio Ethan. Well, it, um, beca- it became... might be my projection. No, it did become one of those dance clown dance kind of situations. Mm-hmm. I, I I liked being in control of it, where I would I would go into it sometimes, but at a certain point, I lost control of it, and I would go in the Lebertard show, and he would go, "I right. want to talk to Radio Ethan right now." It's like I want right, to have right. control over how I speak. How about that? Right. <laughs> I don't want no, to be Frank. Uh... Cal- I don't want to be Frank Caliendo. You know, I, I I would like to just talk like a normal human being sometimes. Maybe I'm being a. Well, it also becomes like a shtick, right? Then you become yeah. known for that, and it's like do the radio. Uh, no, but but here, I I don't know. The thing is, it never got big enough to legitimately threaten to right. envelop me. Um, because it's polarizing. A lot of the people I think just don't like the sound <laughs> of it. Um, but if it was a it's, little, it's bit, also like two inside. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, like. You get a count the dings event going. It's not. <laughs> it's not doing it for the masses beyond that. Definitely. Well, yeah. If it was a little more popular, maybe if I was more talented, I would be fucked. Um, but I, I don't know. I just it hurts my voice. There just aren't many opportunities nowadays to do it because the kid needs to. He needs to nap. 
And so, yeah, but I, I liked it for what it was. It was, it was it's cool. it's not one of your accomplishments on the little inside leaflet part of the book <laughs> no. where people list like Ethan went to Berkeley, invented radio Ethan, started covering the Warriors. Yeah, but that's you know what's weird is that radio guys tend to know about it more so than I would think because it's very inside, but every now and again I'll be on a radio show or I I did uh the Nick Wright's show, the his TV show, and he in the little pre-show brought it up and they they all think I'm taking a shot at them. I mean, he was he was being good-natured about it. He was uh, you know, he was he was joking around, but I've had various really like Damon Bruce like Mm-hmm. Somehow they've heard of this and feel implicated by it. <laughs> what is radio? Specifically what is radio aimed, even? aimed at them? Like <laughs> as opposed to like the nondescript, like Mike Francesa. Yeah. Well, it's not. I'm not an East coast guy. You know, it's, it's, it is a more of a West coast because when I was growing up, um, everybody in that market wanted to be Jim Rome. I mean, it's not even Jim Rome. It's a, it's, the voice in my head of a, a thousand Jim Rome imitators who were just on sad San Diego radio trying to make it. <laughs> what is Jim Rome doing nowadays? And, and like, uh, what, what does he do? Does he still do the smack off <laughs> where like the guys call in and just try to do their best radio guy impression? It's like, it's like the, um, the actualized version of like all of that combined into one. Yeah. Well, you know, Sam and I had our radio show, you know, for a while. What happened? And and that well, I think they're trying to keep their full time employees employed. So we're <laughs> and, and and not and not, and not us. Um, it was a kind of it, it was also the Warriors sucked. It was like almost yeah. me and Sam went in there. We talked Niners and and stuff for like the last month before we stopped. And it was just like, well, it's Warriors well, no, we radio. Were, we were, we're still doing Niners. it. It's re- it's really just the pandemic where they're like yeah. we're we're not really because we were considered um like contributors not full-time yeah. so they're like yeah we're, we're cutting the contributors down because we don't know if we can even get the full-time people <laughs> we, got, yeah. we got fired from 95 uh seven the game so mm. there you go you yeah. speak for yourself um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough it's a tough scene i mean i don't know what these guys are talking about especially people like colin cowherb where he has to self-generate yeah. the content uh, who knows what he's talking about right now <laughs> a lot of mj a lot of now, well, yeah, I know we know what they're um, talking. We know what they're you, you, talking about tomorrow. So, so yeah. you you have herd immunity. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad. Um, you, maybe you, maybe you can get your own show. Go- By the way, Ethan Strauss. Right. We didn't even do an intro yet. So, uh, yeah. um, but everybody knows Ethan. Everybody's everybody's happy. You know, it's our highest downloaded pod of the, mm. of the year. It's gonna beat out MT. You know, it's gonna be it's a whole it's a whole thing. People people love when you come on. Do you guys even want to know? Like I because I would never tell your MT which one of you technically got more downloads. So. I don't yeah, think it, it's, 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 I, I don't mean to offend you guys. I don't think either of us would care. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm just trying not to offend either of you. So that's why I'm I'm keeping like it to we myself. Do well, like we want to have a good pod. That's what we're here for. It's all about the process over over the results. We want to have a good I'm time. a numbers guy. I'm a we numbers it, guy, big LeBron. I will, I, I will say our most uh, downloaded podcast of the season was the one the day after the Andrew Wiggins trade. Oh, so yeah. it kind of points trade. to, you know, you can you can bring on whoever you want, but ultimately yeah. the team's going to I wasn't it. even on that pod. Remember that? People, I wasn't even, people, I was in Japan. I mean, if you look at the reviews, they're saying Ben was a refreshing voice as a replacement mm. for Andy. 
Wow. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> no, I, I, here's what I want. I'm okay. With I, that. I just want whoever's listening to have a good time. That's, that's all I want. If you're listening, good time. We don't have to be competitive about it. It's a crazy situation currently. I, I just, I just watched uh, Jordan break down in tears over his competitiveness. So we, we have to all be competitive at this moment. That's true. That was insane. That was crazy. That, that was, the, was the best episode well, uh, yet. Because it was so out of nowhere that he would get choked up over that. And mm. I, I wonder why. And additionally, additionally, I wonder if it's all false, not, not Jordan being the way he is, but the idea that he needed to be that way for the bulls to be good. Jordan left and that team won 54 games. I don't know if they needed Jordan standing on their neck, ridiculing them all day, every day. I just think that was part of the demon inside Michael Jordan that made him Michael Jordan. I don't know if that was so necessary to making the bulls, the bulls. Now somebody could say you weren't on the bulls. Shut up. They'd be right to say it. But I do think that it's maybe a, a, a cleave point between Michael Jordan and one Steve Kerr. Uh, the idea that basketball needs to be the movie Whiplash and everybody needs to be completely immiserated in order to succeed. I don't know if the current coach of the Golden State Warriors buys in that philosophy, and I think he's trying to do something different. So well, that was a, that was a, that was actually something I wanted to, I mean, there's a lot of stuff here that you can, it's my, it's my show to. now. It's my, it's my show now. The, the I'm, Ethan, I'm, I'm all for it. The Ethan Cowherd show. Sorry. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm addicted r- to Cowherd. Let her, let her ride. Let her ride. I mean, I, I, I guess the other, before Sam goes on his, his point is if MJ is the guy, obviously the guy that gets him to six titles and that's how he becomes that great then it's like, well, you kind of can't fault him for doing yeah, it. Yeah, nothing's right. It's like, like whatever the fuck he does. Yeah. But you lost to Orlando, Mike. You lost to Orlando. We're never going to let you forget. Yeah. No. that I okay. wonder if that um, <laughs> if that uh, kind of relentlessness and grinding on people is more important for the second and third one, like mm. later on when people are letting up. That's, that's kind of how I've always seen it because like, you can point to the opposite, which is like the Tim Duncan, stoic, consummate, steady leader. They never repeated. Mm. I've got to take uh, maybe maybe getting Dennis Robin was more important than that. I, I don't know. Look, I, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, it's hard to deny Michael Jordan. He's Michael Jordan. I just I just wonder. It, maybe it's more it's, just about the talent on the team. Well, maybe it's what was necessary to win those championships, but I could understand the resentment from the role player perspective because you're putting me in a position where now I'm playing to appease you and to not have you ridicule me as opposed to just playing for myself and trying to just survive in the NBA with the pressure that's already there. It just seems it's funny. It just seems like, and look, I've never had a conversation with Kerr about whether he likes Michael Jordan. But have you ever gotten the impression that he likes Michael Jordan? Have you ever gotten that impression from anything he said? No, it's more of a it's more of a respect thing. He always yeah. kind of just talks about his. Well, he uh, knows he knows that Michael Jordan has a lot to do with why we know who Steve Kerr is, right? Like, like that's right. A, that's a funny thing. But to what you're saying, it's interesting. There's something to the cumulative effect of the NBA that really does cause relationships to fray in that way and that was my take i had this funny take watching it which is this was the zenith of the nba in many ways but you could also see the seeds for its decline because michael jordan is literally quitting 
because he just can't go through the grind of it again. The season is too damn long. It wasn't just too damn long. He was able to pull the Costanza and leave on a high note, but yes. ultimately the yes. same concept is he, he, he was, but the idea that he were, you know, and there's a lot going on when he retired in between, but he was burnt out before that. And the season didn't just get too long. The day the Spurs decided to start load managing, right. it's, it, it's been too long. It was too long back then. And Michael Jordan was just able to persevere and we love it, but you can see it's almost something that's, that's hurt the NBA going forward. I'm, I know I've hijacked your show. I apologize. I apologize. It's been a lot of mothers. <laughs> there's Day no activity. agenda. Ethan, there's no agenda. Ethan, Ethan, you can talk texting about us, fuck you want. Texting we us can all talk day, about your... pushing back the start time, trying well, I had, to wear I had us down to, start... to take over the show. Well, I had to start Honestly, drinking. doesn't it? I had to start drinking, you know, you, you start with your mother's day <laughs> and you just keep going. And you know, that's why I need the extra time to get properly in the right mood for it. No, I, it's like, I watched this documentary in absolute awe of Michael Jordan in awe the whole time. There's something so captivating about him. He is just, he's just fascinating, fascinating. It's incredible to see this footage of him from the 1990s. Um, and at the same time, I've got that little creeping myth busting uh, inclination that pops into my head where I start asking questions of really like a baseball body. Like that's why you couldn't win. You got a, you got a baseball body. I, I grew up in San Diego watching Tony Gwynn. I don't know about this whole baseball body that you need. Uh, was it two years to completely recalibrate and rebuild the machine? Or did you just lose to the match? I get the I feel. Don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I get the feeling Tim body. Grover is going to try to sell us some workout DVDs at the end of this whole thing. <laughs> He's just a lot of a uh, lot of MJ propaganda, but what that's not different than anything else that happens we in today's want media climate. We so. want the MJ yeah. propaganda. We want to be. Propaganda it's a mood. I mean, did you hear the music that's going on at the end of each episode? Uh-oh. I thought I was watching some off. Uh, I thought I was in the Uh-oh. theaters. I thought I was at IMAX. The pounding, it was incredible. The violins. I mean, Woo! oh my god, they set up that. They they set up that uh, that episode against the Pacers, a Pacers team nobody actually thinks is that good. By the way, <laughs> like, oh, it's Reggie. Gonna... Reggie is some like evil villain. We're gonna get them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could push him into retirement. We could push him. That Pacers team, and you, you see sweaty, flabby, absolutely goddamn cooked Chris Mullen in the in the background. Of I the did shot. see that. I I was actually like, whoa, is that Chris Mullen? I. I, I mean, I didn't watch the one song. I keep saying, um, yeah, Chris, keep Chris saying, Mullen yeah. completely washed, barely a rotation player at that time. And you think, really well, bald. well, you think two things. You think number one, Reggie Miller, in my opinion, underrated, true superstar, not thought of as a superstar because our conception of a superstar doesn't include mm. uh, off-ball shooting, especially right. back then. But didn't it, at, didn't pound the ball for twenty seconds at the top of the key or in a post-up <laughs> position. <laughs> It is funny. It is funny the way he's thought of. That guy came up huge again and again. Off-ball shooting destroys defenses. He kept making deep run after deep run. You look at the talent Reggie Miller played with. That guy's a true superstar, but yeah, not a great, not a great, uh, that, that, that Pacer team. I mean, you know, come, come on. Like we're, we're supposed to throw rose petals at your feet for beating. I, I don't know. I don't know. The I, late nineties, by the, the way, were the end of the, I so you grew up on 90s basketball the oh, same yeah. way I did and just like this idea that like oh you need you need a Dale Davis or a or a Charles Oakley at power forward like yeah it's kind of an irrelevant position like they serve <laughs> no purpose other than screening and fouling I mean I I look I think that they served a purpose I think that defensively they were important back then sure but yes they would be 
replaced uh, by an absolute wuss of a power forward that shot forty percent on threes, and the team would probably be they'd be playing team. fifteen. They'd be they'd be playing like fifteen minutes a game off the bench at center. Yeah, and yeah. They'd, and they'd be better for it. So Look, it was a simpler time, man. We didn't know if Y two K would destroy the world because we didn't know how to shift a few numbers over. We didn't know that three was more than two. It was it was a tough uh, it was a tough thing. You, you had to be tough. That's what we knew. That's all we knew. Back I didn't then. I did not see that coming. I didn't see a Y two K thing going coming you're, midway you're through the podcast. But you're you're yeah. a little, you, you don't remember. We're we're remembering. You know, it's all coming back to me. You know? By um, the way, don't ruin, don't come in here and ruin Sam's. Okay, he has a whole MJ the goat, you know, agenda I that agree. we're going to do every MJ week. Ethan, please don't. Yeah, no, no. okay. Michael keep that Jordan, up. Keep that up. Look, 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 look. Michael Jordan is the greatest right. basketball player of all time. He just is. He just is. There's nothing you can say that makes it go away. And people try to make these arguments and like, well, statistically on basketball reference, you know, LeBron, <laughs> I know I'm that guy usually that people are making fun of with that voice, but I'm just telling you, no one has ever been that guy the way Michael Jordan was that guy. That has not happened. The only time it even briefly happened was Steph's rise that did get derailed where we were seeing, oh my God, what is this? Right. What could he turn into? But that the object of obsession, the entire world being invested in your narrative, the coming back from leaving with the baseball. I mean, there's just nobody who's had all of that. It's a gestalt. It's everything. It's absolutely everything. And I don't know if an athlete in our lifetimes has even been close, let alone a basketball player. It's just the mystique Le- of the double retirement unbeaten. It, 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 it's something LeBron James will never, ever have. He'll never have it. And look, if somebody wants to make the argument that LeBron James is a better basketball player or created more wins for his team, I think that's a perfectly legitimate argument. But we also have to concede that he will never be that. And that's okay because that's a once in a lifetime thing. That's a once in a lifetime thing. Who could blame anybody for so on the, that? On the once in a lifetime, I think. One thing I wanted to get into with you is this is the first episode we've gotten like more than like a five second clip of practice footage. We got like, we got like a decent montage there. It's still kind of just a cut up montage, but going into the story of punching Steve Kerr in the face, the thing that stuck out to me was Phil Jackson immediately kicked him out of practice yeah. Does that even happen into do they even practice to the point where a fight happens in 2020? Mm. And like, <laughs> like, and like, they, Steve, like Steve Kerr's bleeding on the ground and somebody right. from the team comes over, Steve, we're worried about your mental health. We're worried about your mental health. <laughs> I mean, and, and then secondarily, it it just got me thinking, like, does can you even coach like that? Like is there well, even you know, Phil Jackson was also a man of considerable gravitas that right. maybe he's once uh, once in a generation kind of coach where there's something intelligent about him, but also severe and a little scary. He's almost like if Logan Roy was a giant hippie and that is unusual. <laughs> and so maybe Phil could do things that couldn't ordinarily be done. I, I see what you're saying. You know, I see what you're saying that maybe that wouldn't happen in the modern NBA, but I feel like if Phil Jackson was still coaching, he would be doing that. I, that's, that's just my instinct at least. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking from the perspective of like, you know, everything's player empowerment 
and whatnot. And there's kind of the, you know, it ties into what you wrote about for a considerable part of your book, like the, you know, the player has the ability to leave whenever they want. Well, and that leads to people, you know, yeah. like, could you imagine Steve Kerr could never have coached Kevin Durant in this Yo, capacity? I don't think so. I mean, everybody was walking around on eggshells. I was at practices where you could see everybody waiting around for Kevin to get done before they would go to the bus in a way that they would not for other people. Um, and some of that is particular to Kevin, but I don't think it leads to happiness ultimately. Um, I mean, people think that more power will do it and they seek more power, but we like boundaries, right? And it can be helpful to have boundaries. You can excel better if you have less of a role for yourself. If somebody is telling me that you need to kill it doing thing one and thing two, I am more likely to be able to kill it doing thing one and thing two than if you say, oh, we're adding five more things that are now right. within your purview. And I don't know if people necessarily benefit from suddenly being their own coach. You know, I think one of the lessons of this, Michael Jordan is a vicious competitor and he certainly has an ego, but he might've tremendously benefited from just ceding some authority to the coach and focusing on the basketball. That might've been quite helpful to him. I think. It just seemed like he, he, this might be hindsight bias, but at a certain point he just started trusting Phil and it was less contentious and it was more like he was an extension of him. Yeah. Or they worked in tandem together, which is ultimately I think what a coach wants with their star player. Yeah. And he lucked out in that he got a great coach, but you know, he was like that with Dean Smith and he was like that with lesser coaches and with, with Doug Collins. And there was this idea of, okay, I'm going to support the coach. We are going to be a stronger team for my supporting the coach. And I think there's something to that. I think LeBron though is so goddamn good um, right. that it hasn't been necessary. <laughs> I mean, it could have helped those teams. It could have helped certain teams. He well, was he on. just, he raises the floor more yeah. than any player ever. Like you can, he, he doesn't need a coach to get you to the second round and 50 wins. Yeah. Well, you know, I think with LeBron, it, it, it wasn't necessary, but you do wonder if certain situations could have been helped if he was that kind of guy. But that's, again, who knows? I mean, it's, 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 kind a, of a, it's a floor of a ceiling argument. Yeah. It's, it's a miracle that LeBron James, uh, effectively having been a child star, it's just a miracle that he's not a maniac. It's a miracle that he is a fairly functional person within these organizations, despite all the stories and despite all the, the firings. I mean, you, you have to respect the track record and not take that for granted as well. But I, I will say as much as we in the media, I do think as an overcorrection to how we did things in the past, almost cheer players on for accruing more and more power. I think there are pratfalls to that, you know, just like, as Jordan says, winning comes with a cost. So does power. Uh, it can trip you up. It can create issues. Well, and, and that gets what, what to is, the, what is Lou smiling about? What is the smirk? Because people, listen Sam, Sam, te Sam text, Sam texted me and said, wake up. Uh, <laughs> it, so throughout, throughout a podcast, Sam usually texts me a few times just to be like, Hey, ask a question. Hey, say something. So it's always, uh, yeah, look, it's always Michael, funny. It's just who's the I, Michael Jordan. Look, who's the Michael Jordan. Look, who's the Scott Burrell. Oh, of, of, of course. <laughs> and what's funny is I just looked through, I looked through my text thread with Sam and he, I realized, I just realized that he texted me about four times this morning. Mm -hmm. I didn't respond to a single one with what we were exactly going to talk about. tonight. Well, this is why I don't classic. like to record at 10 PM. Cause I wake 
up before six. So <laughs> usually my texts, usually my texts to Andy are at like it's a pandemic. You know what? It's a pandemic, and you don't have a kid. Not for Sam. Not for Sam. Construction sites are still working. Oh which yeah, means I'm true. still on the call. Oh man, someone someone has fucked up at six a.m. No matter what. So. Mm. Nobody works harder than uh, Samus Fendiari. Shoot, I wouldn't say, three, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't <laughs> say. It's not that I work harder; it's that my hours dictate that I have to be awake at certain hours. Mm. So it's it's more of a uh, I've signed up for a life that dictates that my brain functions from like five thirty to eleven. <laughs> the MJ of Light Years Podcast. By the way, actually, um, speaking of kind of those relationships, Scotty Pippen. Uh, Got he's got a little Kevin Durant to him. He's got a little. Uh, oh yeah, he's got a little. Yeah, I, this yeah, is what like, that? It's like you say, Kevin Durant is the fusing of uh, Jerry Krause, Michael Jordan, and Scottie Pippen into a human being. That's what Kevin Durant is. <laughs> he is he is all things. Also, as a basketball <laughs> player, he can do all things. But yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess that's the MJ part. I mean, yeah. that, I mean, just can you imagine someone that good as Scotty? I mean, I didn't watch him, but as I'm looking at this, I'm kind of reading. I'm like, holy shit, this guy was fucking amazing. Not showing up in a in a playoff game when it's a do or die situation. If that happened today, he would be. I actually I'm don't a, know what would happen because you got player empowerment that might love it, and then you got yeah, you know, other oh, people they, that might have say, all these, you know. Rid of all these takes, yeah. all these people saying he shouldn't have to play if he <laughs> doesn't want to play. It's the right, coach's right. it's the coach's fault for not <laughs> not getting through to him. But yeah, no, I mean in in 94, Scotty Pippen just deciding to not go in for the last possession is wow, equivalent yeah. to like James Harden or Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> like that's the level of like like top 5-ish player where it's just like, yeah, no, I'm mad at the coach. I'm so going to the bench roll, now. Roll out Pete Myers in that position. I mean, that's putting them in a terrible position too. Hey, it's former just, former Warriors coach. Pete Myers. Who would wear bell bottoms in summer league? And it was a great look. And he won those summer league games. Shout out Pete Myers. Uh, my favorite mm-hmm. of the Mark Jackson assistant coaches uh, who remained among the loyalists. But um, yeah, <laughs> he put them in a terrible position because just the defensive attention. I mean, he that's that that's that's wow it's that's incredible that's incredible that he did that and uh at the same time i don't know they weren't gonna win the championship <laughs> they weren't even gonna win that series really i don't think i mean i know it, it came close and there was the phantom huber davis foul and all that yeah maybe they would i don't know i'd have to really go back sorry it was a knicks i, I was a i knicks. can't remember who, a- who did the knicks play the falling round because they, they inevitably lost to Houston. But I can't remember who the Eastern Conference Finals was. I think maybe the Pacers. I, I'm trying to remember what happened that year. Um, I, I have internet, Knicks, so I will the, find this out. The Knicks later. gave as good as they got to the Pacers, but it's remembered because of that one Reggie Miller moment. It's remembered as like the Pacers beating them, I guess, continuously. I, I say that as a bitter former former Knicks fan. So I think it was the Pacers that year. I, I'm like, if you... It, if you grew up in San Diego, what were you who were you a fan of? Well, you know, back in your fan days. It's very simple. If you have a Jewish father, uh, he came from New York and <laughs> you root for the Knicks. That's that's how it went for all the other little Jews in, you know, the uh, the beach community I grew up in. It's funny. I had a college roommate <laughs> from uh from San Diego, from Point Loma, biggest Yankees fan I've ever met. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. It's 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 a, it's a thing. <laughs> oh man! All right, hey, you're uh, right. It was the Pacers, we... and they went best. Of se- it went seven. Yeah. 
Pacers. A lot of Pacers talk. But, but before we, uh, let me do a couple of reads. Let me. K, KJ required reads. Uh, bet online, number one bet online. Strauss, you'll like the second one, but let's do the first one first. Currently, no NBA, NHL, MLB. You might think there's nothing to bet on. You'd be wrong. So, bet online's back. Um, it's been like half a year with these guys, so doing well, even though there's no games. Hundreds of events, games, props to wager on, online casino, poker, blackjack. Bringing Vegas to you. Uh, missing the NFL, no problem. Bet online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. Uh, you can also bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, even Nation's hot dog eating contest, all open 24 hours a day, all online, betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. Join today, receive your new welcome bonus. All right, um, I guess Strauss would like it, but I know I know Sam loves it. Uh, let's get to it. Let's get to the good stuff, Blue Chew. Um, so this is uh, week two of, uh, <laughs> don't roll your eyes, week two of Blue Chew. Uh, guys, are you looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com, that's the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom or bathroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients. Uh, you know, if you're a shower guy. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day, night, even on full, <laughs> even on a full stomach. Um, plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost. Once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. It's a great deal for you guys. View, uh, visit bluechew.com. Get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com. Promo code BLUEWIRE. All right. Full stomach, huh? Um. <laughs> All right. So uh, Sam doesn't believe it. Sam doesn't believe it. Oh, where are we He's going like, with this? Yeah. So let's I've get to the coach. Let's go times. to the. I actually want to go back to the coaching, the coachability point. So I, I do think one of. I saw someone on FS1 take the opportunity to say LeBron didn't need a coach like Phil Jackson to do what he does, which is an example of why he's better. Just kind of the counter to your point, which is, eh, you know, it's still kind of, he, he won six. So that matters. Do you think in general, the coach is just going to continue waning in power in the NBA? Because everything's mm. kind of pointing that way. And I'm watching this documentary well, it's- and it's kind of the greatest I don't want to say greatest like sales pitch, but it kind of points out like, you know, the greatest player of all time actually gained a ton of value from coaching. Yeah. Well, it's in a way ironic because I believe coaching matters more than ever before, more so than it mattered in the 1990s. And yet the coach's power and authority seems to be on the wane uh, due to a mix of cultural forces and economic forces. And I, I think the game is so much more complicated than it was in the 1990s right. to be ahead of the curve strategically is a tremendous advantage. Uh, I do think that Brad Stevens added, added a lot of value to the Celtics organization. Uh, but at the same time, there's just less respect for the coach. And there might've been too much respect for the coach in that way of father knows best do what the coach tells you to do let bobby knight smack you in the face of the chair over and over again so you learn how to be a man um maybe there was too much of that so yeah it's a bit of a paradox coaching matters more than ever before 
and the coach is undermined more than ever before. Um, but that seems to be where we're at right now. Cause it just feels like, um, and, and it probably always feels this way when something's going on and we're clearly in the player empowerment era and everyone's kind of worried that, you know, okay, we signed someone and if something good doesn't happen in the next year and a half, we're already on the clock for them leaving. Yeah. Kind of just feels like it's our, it's moving in a way that will never get a course correction. Yes. Yeah. The one year deal. Um, and look, the owners set themselves up for this. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the one year deal is a massive power play for the players, which I don't think anybody really anticipated. Right. But, you know, it's, you, you trade a little something as, as I wrote in my book, my book, my book, my book, the, the NBA. It's owners, a good book. I appreciate you saying that the, the, the NBA teams, uh, the top two on Amazon, ah, the NBA franchises. What's the other one? Oh, there's this shoot your shot book. That's like all inspirational and people seem to like it. Wow. It's like two completely different books then. Yeah. 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 It's, it, it could be good. I, I don't, I have no idea, but, um, I think what I've written, I guess, is more acerbic. I, I didn't think about it one way or the other uh, when I said it, but I think that there's this expectation now that I'm digressing from our topic that sports books are hooray, hooray, hooray for the most part. Like, yay, yay, yay. And I guess I, I love that it's kind of dirty. You know, I love, right. You know, I, I love that there's reality to it, that there's a viciousness to Michael Jordan, that his teammates don't actually like him. And yet you still remember all of this. I like that stuff, but I don't know if everybody likes that stuff. But another Michael, like Michael that, Jordan's teammates sound like all my cousins and stuff talking about like just very traumatic experiences, but why it made him a better person. <laughs> well, you need to tell yourself that it's very important. <laughs> um, that, uh, that's definitely not a, uh, not a third generation family thing. It's not a second no. or third gen uh, family thing. They do, they do like you've got a bunch of like, uh, what's that guy, Weddington? And then you've got like a bunch of other, I don't know, I don't know if they were, I was texting Sam, like, are these guys fucking good? Sam's like, eh, kind of mid. So basically, got a bunch of scrubs up there just saying, groveling at my, the late, my the MJ's late, feet. The late 90s Bulls always had to have a weight. Uh, like a, a white out of shape center on the court at all times, just so because otherwise they would be too cool. Otherwise the world would explode from just how intimidating and cool they were. So you just needed that. You needed that in place. At it all took times. me, it took me until like 15 to figure out that Luke Longley, Bill Weddington, Will Purdue were different people. So, <laughs> I don't know. Will Purdue traded. I mean, for they Dennis replaced Robin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean they replaced Paxson with Steve Kerr, right? Then 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 by the way, Ku coach, I was hitting Sam with this. My favorite personality. He just seems like he doesn't give a shit, super yeah. cocky, and he's also pretty damn good at basketball. That's my guy. Ku coach was my guy. Played no defense. Yeah. Um, so you know, maybe <laughs> I, not, I almost but, texted you know, Andy Kerr, like, Kerr oh, he's pretty much he's pretty much Danilo Gallinari. Then I stopped myself. I'm like, well, it does the most stereotypical comp. <laughs> then, then, then it's Denny Avdia. He's Denny Avdia. That's who oh, it's gonna be. Denny Avdia. Oh, that's, he yeah. shoot a little better than Avdia. I mean, we could do some draft talk later. I love me some draft. Well, we'll get some draft talk. The line is a little concerning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, MT yeah. wrote Sadiq Bay. Whoever the fo- is Sadiq Bay a real name? Like at this point, we're just throwing out make believe. Fuck, 
uh, prospects at the wall. Right. This is like this. Sadiq, I mean, unbelievable. Sadiq Bay is fine, but we're He's basically. Intriguing. I mean, you'd want the steal and block rates to be a little bit better. You know, it's a little bit concerning. But the end goal great. is the end goal is just Steph, Clay, Draymond, and nine Villanova players. Oh, yes. Well, they, they, they punch above their weight. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you know where I'm at, like bring, bring Killian Hayes, uh, the next generation, or as I text, uh, as, as I text people in the Warriors organization, the French Cameron Payne. as I, uh, did you, uh, how did Steve feel oof. about that one? Did he enjoy that one? Does he, uh, is he a big Killian That's not Hayes a good guy? sales pitch. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sort of <laughs> fucking around. I'm sort of fucking around when I say that. I, I like Killian Hayes. Um, but like, I, I think you're Nate sick Duncan... for that though. What? <laughs> I said you're sick for saying French campaign. It's disgusting. <laughs> no, I love it. He's my, he's my favorite prospect. But when I think of, you know, how could this go wrong? How will I, will I be trolled if it goes badly? I think he, he would turn into, uh, you know, a sort of a lefty, overly reliant on the left hand. He would turn into the French Cameron Payne, and then I would never live it down. But I don't think he will. I think he will turn into D'Angelo Russell with defense. So how about that? That sounds pretty good. Well, it's a pretty damn good, you know, basketball player. Um, let's, what do they like him? Uh, I mean, do, do they like anyone? So here's the thing with they, with they, the warriors, I'm always asked about the warriors out of the way, as though there's this man, you, you walk into the practice facility and there's Joe warrior and he is the, you know, the Borg entity who has absorbed the collective I mean, opinions. Like, Andy's vision is Joe like of sitting in this golden throne and no one speaking <laughs> unless they are pointed to. I, I fuck with Joe, Joe is Joe is his sons, mm, but Joe. Yes. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So I, I'll say a few things about that. I'm aware of people who have different preferences on players within the organization. That is not the same thing as them having a collective take on who the hell to, to get. And since they're months away from it, I, I just don't, I don't see, I, I don't see it as look, it's, there it's are a decision that I can make to Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. There, look, there are picks. <laughs> I would be surprised. I would be surprised. I would be, I'll put it this way. I would be surprised knowing and, my input, I don't think matters much because people just know, they just know, you know, you watch LaMelo ball. Does anybody watch LaMelo yeah. ball and go, that's somebody that Steve Kerr wants in the team. Anybody? <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, anybody yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. just surprised they're not playing it up a little more because there are going to be teams who maybe overrate yeah, like, him. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's, you know, there, there's a chance to pull the Don Nelson talking up Yinkadare mm. about him. Or maybe, like, or are we beyond that? Like, no one's gonna believe if Steve Kerr gets on a mic and he's like, <laughs> you I, look see at it, I see it in Lamelo. Yeah. I, I really Shush. don't get the Lamelo ball thing is something I don't understand, and that's the other thing. You know, the ways I will be humiliated after this whole draft when it happens two years from now, it, it will be when my beloved Kelly draft, Hayes, by the way, uh, when, when Killian Hayes becomes the French Cameron Payne, they'll be bad, <laughs> and when Lamelo ball wins multiple MVPs, they'll be bad for me because. I see what people what people I, see I, in Lamella Ball this. is the same this. thing. They I see am in. one of the few people who watched NBL games regularly. Like few people in the United States. I don't know if that I'm not a scout. I don't know if that makes my take any better than anybody else's take. I I don't know. I just wonder sometimes if people are basing it off 
the highlights versus watching actual games of LaMelo Ball playing basketball. You know people don't watch actual games. You know that. <laughs> Nobody I watches wonder, actual games. I'm, like, I'm wondering this guy. I'm, I'm watching this guy like not finishing at the rim in the Australian league, which is not a great. Yeah, but league, you know why he's you know why he's hyped up. It's handling the ball. It's like, it's like the Jamal Crawford thing where it looks so smooth and it's very easy to talk yourself into if this goes in five percent more often and this he passes it five percent a little more this way yeah, like that's an he, intoxicating he shakes, player but, like, but when jamal crawford's doing it it ends in a beautiful looking rainbow shot when Lamelo ball's doing it yeah it like 30 30 percent of the time yeah yeah when Lamelo ball's doing it it comes out of his chest like the alien from alien i mean True. i know i should be one to talk i've got a shot put shot myself i'm just saying that the, the ability to shoot the ability to score for a point guard is essential in the modern nba I mean, how many years of this do we have to watch before we finally get it to our through our heads that it's not a Rajon Rondo league anymore? It just isn't. It isn't. Now, well, so doesn't it right- come down to because because your your guy Killian Hayes doesn't exactly shoot it at a high percentage, so it comes down to how much you believe the shot will. Watch ne- Killian. Watch Killian Hayes. Watch him shoot. Tell me that guy can't shoot. Like he right. is. He, he's, he's got better mechanics. Scra- I'm not going to argue. He's scraping ninety percent on his free throws. He's scraping ninety percent on his free throws. It's a different thing than what Lamelo Ball's got going on. Look, if Lamelo Ball, <laughs> yeah. if Lamelo Ball fixes his shot, then we're having a different conversation. But when people talk talent, 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 well, the most important talent for a point guard is not the ability to pass. It's actually the ability to shoot. Does he, have a, does he have a ability better, score, does he have a better ability to kind of shake defenders than Killian Hayes? Because I'm not even convinced. That, I feel I'm like not he's convinced. just three, I just I'm think he's three inches taller it. than Killian Hayes. And I don't even know if he's three inches taller, if I'm going to be completely real about it. I mean, you watch him standing. Maybe one and guy. a half, too. Well, you watch him standing next to guys in the NBL who are six foot five. And I, like, I want to see it, not to be a truther. Like, I want to see, I, I want to see the actual stats on it. I mean, a lot of angles with those pictures next to Leangelo Monzo. <laughs> I am up. Uh, by the way, I I've uh I've convinced myself that uh Anthony Edwards would be the the right uh first pick. Sadly enough, we are 2 months deep into the quarantine and uh I am on Anthony Edwards after spending months just destroying wow. him. I'm just I'm yeah, just imagining I'm Andy react to the Anthony Edwards Andrew Wiggins dribble handoff sequence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where neither it's, can it's, fucking dribble, but you know, it's, it's just not it's, it's just all, not the same. It, it is funny. It's all choices that have some glaring flaw that terrifies you. I mean, all of them. It, all of them. It's just but that's why I love it. That's why I love this draft. It's a it's just a Russian roulette with only one chamber <laughs> empty it's it's yeah it's, i was gonna say russian roulette but they're all loaded i feel like <laughs> the opposite of uh earl thomas's uh okay so uh, i want to i want to get back to this. so you said there obviously <laughs> people inside the warriors have differing opinions and preferences mm-hmm. and yeah. i imagine that's not different than most teams are they less streamlined than they were let's say five years ago Six yeah. years ago, Mike yeah, by 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 circumstance too, they've not gotten to do their their whole process. I mean, they were supposed sure. to. I mean, Steve Kerr was going. They should be knee deep into individual workouts and yeah, interviews yeah. and everything now, and they're not. No, and I mean, Kerr was supposed to go out to Europe, and he was going to watch Killian Hayes and Theo Maladon, and that was going to be something that he was going to do, and that's off the table. 
you know, they had a whole idea of how they were going to do things. And um, Avdia was going to get scouted uh, more so. I think they were going to maybe send Kent Lake about to, to Israel or whatever they were going to do. So it's all disrupted by that. Isn't that just birthright? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't he, isn't he that all? Sorry. <laughs> okay. That's a pretty good Kent Lakeup's young joke. I didn't expect that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's a fantastic. You know, I wonder, you know what? These this is a good question. Is Kent Lakeup young enough to go on birthright? I did not expect us to get here <laughs> in the conversation, but it is a good question. Man, they didn't let me do anything on birthright. I hated birthright. How old are you anyway? What? what is that? Somebody somebody explain to me what that is. Uh, birthright, uh, it's this trip that they, they, they send. You would love it if there was an Asian version of it. That's all I'll say. Mm. Yeah. It, I'm trying to think of it. Yeah. Well, let me, okay. This is a digression. So <laughs> God, we love, um, we love nothing more than. Well, okay. So, so, uh, it's, it's this trip where they send you to Israel for free in hopes that you will love Israel and potentially move there to help them win their population demographic war. And so it's kind of like a big advertisement and there are different, I think degrees of how fun it is, depending on which group you go with. I went through Berkeley Hillel. Um, God, I can't remember if it was my junior year of college. I don't know. Super unfun. So, so you're 21. Oh, yeah. Super unfun. Well, well, okay. So uh, yeah, I was 21 and you know, there, there are two things going on, you know, it's like my, this is how my brain's always working where I'm just finding the inconsistency where they're saying it's safe, do birthright. It's safe. It's safe. It's safe. It's safe. Come on. It's a bunch of stereotypes on the news of stuff blowing up. It's fine. Come, come do it. It's going to be great. Then you get there they go, uh, you cannot leave the group for any reason. You oh, have to stay wow. within two blocks of the group at all times. And I'm thinking, wait a second, I'm 20. Like, at that point, I'm 21 years old. I can, I'm an adult in theory, in technicality, in my country, I can go anywhere. Right. And suddenly I am tethered to this group at all times. We wake up like Sam Esfendiari uh, barking at people in a construction site. At <laughs> um, they run us through wow. all these different events. Just And I felt almost like it was a, a, a cult where they're just trying to get you tired and have you never... Yeah, you were a midsummer. You were in the... Yeah, yeah, it felt very much like that. Yeah, with, you know, absent... <laughs> what happened you know at the end of that um and so uh, you wow. know so so it, it was a crazy it was a crazy situation and it all culminated it all culminated at the end in this big they called it the mega event the mega event it was Ooh. an amphitheater filled with 7000 people and it was wow. almost like an IMAX screen behind it and there was just techno music and just flashing Ooh. lights. It felt very much. It felt very much like Zoolander, like you know, killed the prime minister of Malaysia. Sort of like messages. At some point, I swear to God, oh. I swear to God, I swear to God, this this happened right here on the big IMAX screen. And this was an event where I think the uh, the the minister of defense spoke. But on the big IMAX screen, you've got the techno music going and the the flashing lights. And there's a dove flying in slow motion at us, and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and a, a, an israeli star star of david is flashing <laughs> on the screen and it's just going into a techno beat i am not making this up by the way it's going <laughs> <laughs> 
Israel, peace, Israel, peace. Israel, oh, peace. so they're doing Israel, like a Pav- Pavlovian kind of thing where they want to get you like, like mind washed, brainwashed. Yeah, into Israel, a... peace. Israel, peace. Wow. It's just like, I you I were in a call. I was just like, I thought I was just going to come here and party. Like, what's going on? What What is happening? Strauss is like, I just want to get laid. Which, by the way, dash those dreams because here's what also happens. You go on the birthright or at least the birthright Berkeley Hillel. And I'm sure some of your listeners had better stories, better luck, whatever. But <laughs> you go on this and you're escorted on your journey by Israeli soldiers who are your age, but are in fatigues and have a gun. By the way, maybe Denny Adria over the next <laughs> year. <so. laughs> they're, they're, wearing, they're, they're wearing fatigues and they've got a gun and they're in charge of the safety of all the women on the trip. And I mean, but not they, the men. But not the men, the men, whatever. I, I, I guess who does a little bit better in that department on that particular trip? Wow. <laughs> You see, here's the thing, man. Like, I feel like if they have that, they send me to China for a couple of weeks. They're not sending me back. I'm just, they're just gonna, I'm stuck there. I'm stuck oh, in China. They're doing dude, the whole. I, I'm just, now I'm just having memories of the mega event. They, they had it set up a little bit because, you know, TRL was in the past and Andy doesn't even know what that is, but it still had that weird format. You had an Israeli Carson Daly and the way they would do it. They would go with the camera from person to person and they would, you know, they, they, they would do it in the way they would do a TRL music video. Like, hi, I'm Rebecca Stolnik. I'm from Teaneck, New Jersey, and I want to make Alia so much. Woo! Woo! <laughs> By the way, I have never, I have never heard Ethan this excited talking about anything related to basketball. We have this is the my favorite part. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, that was, that was, we got we got like a good few months before we actually have anything relevant in basketball to talk about anyway. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Birthright. Well, let's well, let's go there him. actually, Ethan. Um, uh, our guy Adam Silver is mm-hmm. you know considering all options and where where are you with this? What do you think they're gonna do? They're they're they seem more focused on not offending anyone than doing anything. You know, that does that that seems to be that way. There was an interesting quote, I think in one of the ESPN articles on it, um, which was a, a GM uh, anonymous quote from a GM that it's hard it's hard to lead by consensus in a crisis, and so. Whatever they do, ah. whatever they do, I thought it was an interesting, that was an interesting quote. Don't know the GM, but it was an interesting quote. You know, Adam Silver likes to consult with a lot of people and he likes to get everybody on board and that can be good. But in a crisis, we just kind of want a tyrant. top, top down leadership. Yeah. yeah. We just kind of want a tyrant. We're doing this. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Tillman Fertitta. Sh- shut up. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. The fuck shut up. Shut up. And- Shut up and loan me more money. Shut up, yeah. Shut up and loan me more money. So yeah, get off TV. Shut up. We're doing this. This is what we're doing. I don't want to hear about it. You know, it's kind so of David what, Stern. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up. That's how it would sound. It was David Stern. God, I miss him. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. Some of the things David Stern would not would not allow on. It on is. TV. It is. I did appreciate them dispelling the suspension myth because, like. <laughs> 
all it takes is one second to realize like, wait, why would David Stern no. want to suspend the most no. lucrative player? No, ever? it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, Michael Jordan could have done myriad of terrible things. It's, it's like the opposite. If anything, he'd be like, who do I need to get rid of <laughs> to make this? Yeah. I know David. Don't, Stern. don't ask me questions about how. Yeah. yeah I just don't even, it, it, it makes no sense as a theory. Um, none, but yeah. Um, I, so that's an interesting observation and Adam Silver's a smart guy. So maybe he'll fit to the moment, but I don't understand this idea. And it's funny because I did criticize the NBA. Some would say harshly for how they handled the pandemic at the beginning, but I wouldn't have any problem if they just bought a bunch of tests and tested the players. I don't think that's their responsibility. I think that's the government's responsibility uh, to have enough tests for the citizenry. I don't think that's what a, a private ent- a private organization I don't think should be beholden to that standard of there are fewer tests if you buy more tests. It doesn't make a lot of sense. You're, you're, you're saying if they accumulated enough tests to make yeah. their bubble city thing work, yeah. people wouldn't yeah, be I- like, screw the NBA. They'd be like, Trump, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, why is this not? Why do I not have this in my local or, town? I, I think that well, but, population of people would be very small and highly overrepresented on Twitter. I doubt you would go into classic. I doubt you would go into many virtual sports bars for, because I guess we can't go into real ones and people be up in arms about this. The NBA is hoarding the tests. Right. Right. Well, I, no, or or go the or go the other way, right? For me, it's like go one way or go the other way. Just just yeah. make a fucking decision. If you're gonna just if if you don't want to deal with the repercussions that come on Twitter or wherever, then just cancel the season. Cancel it and I say actually, you're gonna start it in Christmas. I never, I don't care which way you go though. Just yeah. pick one. I, I'm I'm with this and we could be wrong. It's hard to know, but I do feel as though they need to be saying more sooner. And I think this idea that we don't have to make a choice and we can keep waiting and we can keep going and we can keep, you know, the season's not necessarily right, right. over. It's not waiting necessarily over. It's like, you know what? The season is over. Like the season's over. Like there's no, it, 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 there's something a little off to me about pretending or not making the decision until the last possible moment. You need to give your fans a sense of direction right now now literally just do what baseball is doing which is we want to play we are trying to figure out when it is feasible and if it is feasible yeah like people can people can deal with that like no one's going to be upset at the nba for saying hey we would love to play these games we just we're trying to see if we can well yeah, but I also think they should cancel the regular season at least, or say the regular or just, season. Or just call it. Yeah. This goes. This goes back to the tyrant thing. This goes back to the tyrant thing of like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You know, if you're on the bubble of the playoffs. Sorry, Portland Trail, but sorry, yeah. CJ McCollum. Yeah, too bad. So sad. It, it is. It is what it is. <laughs> it, it is what it is. And the the idea that maybe they would want Zion to get in on it. I mean, I, look, I what is. What's Zion Williams? Whatever. Saying? People are going to watch it. What, yeah, what's Zion Williams' body going to be like after? Yeah, I, was <laughs> I was I was saying I think Jokic and Harden are like the front runners for coming out of quarantine out of shape. I didn't even consider Zion. I mean, it's it's That's a, a risk. high risk of injury actually. Yeah, it's yeah. A high I, risk I, of injury. It's kind of funny, but it's also hammy's, like dude, the hammy's gone. No, no, keep, yeah, it's keep, also like keep him dude. keep him away from the bubble and wrapped in bubble wrap. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's because it's it's absurd. Like the regular season is over. The Warriors are not 
acting as though there's a season. You can't just ramp right. it all back. It makes no sense. So they're just gonna send Michael Mulder to play one on five. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! I forgot Mark Mulder was was a guy that was on the team. I totally forgot <laughs> on the about X, Mark Mulder. on the X Files. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Wow, that is such a long time ago now. So. Wow. Um, those are always my you got to get onto the facebook groups because that those are the that's where you get like the real fan talk because the real normies. i saw i saw someone argue they have to draft james wiseman because dragon bender isn't going to get it done i love it i love I it like these are our two options here <laughs> i love it um yeah i don't have any firm idea though of what the hell you know, like, I don't know the safety. I don't, I, I can't tell you how safe it is. I can't, tell not, a doctor. not a doctor, not a doctor, not, not a, a doctor. doctor. I don't know. I, I could certainly, I, I don't know. The, the, the Disneyland idea is appealing to me. It's an interesting one. It makes a certain level of sense, but you have to, or test so then Vegas or well, it's yeah, the same thing, huh? Yeah, sort of, but you have to test the hell out of it. And so this idea of being worried about having, enough tests for the rest of the country. I just don't think can fly either do it or don't do it. As we're saying, if you're going to do it, everybody needs to be tested all the time. Like that's just, Ooh, that's gonna yeah, and I actually yeah, didn't even multiple. consider, um, your, not just once w- what you brought up, but it's, it's true. Like if the NBA got a bazillion tests, the person who would look bad is the government. Yes. It's not, you know, I, I don't know, pick any NBA official. It's, no. it's so, I mean, are are they really invested in protecting the Trump administration here? I don't know. Yeah, like Trump gives a shit if they look well, bad anyway. It doesn't fucking matter. It, you know, maybe the devil would be in the details and how they would procure the tests. You know, if if uh, Joe Sai comes to them and says, uh, you know, hey, well, ah. China, China uh, hooked up this great deal with China where we can send you a million tests that will not be Just shared with the American public. You know, that could full be geopolitical, full <laughs> geopolitical warfare because Joe Sai hooked them up and. Uh, and Trump's tweeting every day about America. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, could, yeah. I could see how that's just not something you want to deal with. Yes. I mean, it's bit, yeah, you, you don't... Somebody who knows said something to me, and this is whatever, that Adam knows more than he's letting on. Which, you know... I, I would hope so. <laughs> he's got... He's got, he's, yes. he, he's, got a, he's got ideas of what he wants to do. He knows more than what he's letting on. Um, I just... I I have a sense I have a sense to it that they need to have more direction and a bit clearer communication and there is a there is I I have to say because I'm the NBA negativist or whatever on these things I see that as my role sometimes because I think in the NBA there's a lot of boosterism and a lot of people have been cheerleading what looks like a decline and I love the NBA I love basketball. I want is, it, to is that unique to the now. NBA? I think that's every yes. sport too. No, I think there's more boosterism in the NBA. The NBA is completely everybody in baseball from knows from what within. What well, do you mean? Has this existential issue where their fans are getting older and the sports are getting less popular? Okay, every, yeah, 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 okay. I see like everybody gets it. The NBA, the, there has been this blindness to it as they've been declining in popularity, um, and. I, I just I, I have concerns that there's not an incredible demand for this season. A lot of the country is kind of tuned out on them. You know, you're out of sight, you're out of mind. You know, you go away, you start playing this game of we can come back whenever um, and we can just disappear 
and then we're going to reappear in August and everybody's going to be thrilled. I don't know. You know, the WWE did their thing. It seemed like people weren't that into it. I don't know how into fanless basketball the public is. I don't know how much outside of LA and Milwaukee uh, of an appetite there is to see Mm -hmm. this all happen. Mm -hmm. So I I think if you fade to the background um, with this idea of you don't have to make a decision until you absolutely have to, I, I just don't, I, I think there is a risk of people developing new habits. Sports is a little bit dependent on habits. And if you go away for a long time. I mean, time, I'm already, I'm a Doosan Bears fan. It's yeah. Korean leagues. <laughs> it's, it's legit. He's not, hey, by the way, he's not fucking kidding. There's not a single, <laughs> you, not, you the them? guy is not. You love them 88 mile an hour meatballs. You just like that. Uh, that's a uh, little more, a little more hit and run, less, <laughs> less three true outcomes. I, I don't know if any of them can hit home runs. So <laughs> the bat flips are nice, they no, are. But, but people learn new ways of doing things. They form new habits. And I think that the NBA for a little while uh, has, has had issues that are concerning. I won't say existential, but issues that are concerning. So I'm just concerned with this. This sort of arrogance that the league has had, that everybody's just can't wait for us to do our thing. But when you're saying issues, you're talking about like the product itself is. Well, I'm talking about the whole thing. I'm talking about the whole thing and the way they communicate with the broader public, the way that they seem to not care at all about their goddamn customers the way that right. adam silver will say well 40 percent of our revenue comes from fans i know that was a misspeak i i i, I should be a little generous i guess he meant that 40 percent from the gate but no it's a hundred percent and yeah you know it, it, it there's this sort of by the way 40 percent from the gate surprising to me that's higher than i would have expected it's for almost NBA. like there was a tv rights bubble and uh, all the salaries are wildly inflated based on a ratings boom that never arrived um but that's the other thing you know the the nba needs to somehow figure out a way to gin up interest back to where it was and rest itself from this pandemic. I don't look, I'm, I'm not saying that Adam Silver's dumb. He's obviously very smart and I would never want to have his job. I, I just, yeah, there's, it sounds like a very miserable job to have. Yeah. There's just something happened with the league where the league is not resonating with the broader American public in the way it used to. And you, well, it's I've, because I've, the play, I mean, I've, the, I've not gotten the sense that the, that any of this has been taken seriously until very recently. Um, and even then, I I don't know. That's what happens when the players' association gets too powerful. I mean, the the whole um, the myth of player empowerment is that it's better. It's better for the players. It's not better for the public. They, people, this, this happens with all labor negotiations. There's this idea that labor is always right. They may be right in fighting for their constituents. That does not mean yeah. it serves the broader public better. No, so it's like, like I, can, I can want players to have better conditions and recognize or, that it's not a good thing that or, or a, some, every player some, sits. Or, or something else happens where it seems like the top strata of the league has way more power within the union than it used to. The union used to be run by Derek Fisher. And, Roger Bell. Yeah, players like that, right? And maybe they didn't deserve to have so much power. Those arguments were made because if LeBron James is worth I don't know, a hundred million dollars a year to an organization. Maybe he should be running things. But then when what ends up happening, and it's funny to me watching it, is you have a situation where, and this is resultant 
in part from the TV rights bubble and the salaries being completely out of whack and guys fans never have heard of making hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, the owners seem more desperate to recoup their expenses than some of the major players in the players association. I mean, a lot of these guys, even, Oh yeah. Like, hit, I mean, even before they hit 30 who have voices in the players association have fuck you money. I'm watching CJ McCollum talk about how he's worried about the risk. I'm sitting here going, CJ McCollum, you've made over 80 million and you have another 120 guaranteed to you. And you're not an all-star. Yeah. Like you're, you're living like a kid. You can retire now and you will have made more money than Andy this, and me combined for the rest this, of our this, lives. This is the thing that nobody can say right now in, in right. media, but it's obviously true that the NBA players are overpaid right now. They're overpaid. I'll just say they are overpaid as a collective overpaid. And it's, you know, in many in- instances in the past, they were underpaid. You hear some of the salaries back like in the Like Michael 90s. Jordan? Yeah, yeah like, like Scotty Pippen? Yeah, yeah, $3 million <laughs> a year. But just if if, a, if players can be underpaid, they can also be overpaid. And I just mean that on the basis of they're not overpaid in the sense that whatever you can negotiate is your salary, right? Sure. They are in the sense of generating <clears throat> profit for the league going forward. And the crazy quirk of the NBA signing its deal at the height of the TV rights bubble. Um, you know, like that's, that's something that's created conditions where guys like Timothy Mozgov earned just fortunes that would, uh, you know, shame the greatest players of a few years before. I mean, this is a, something this funky is a, happened is what I'm this saying. This is something a big cave on Looney okay. podcast, but cave on Looney makes triple what Scotty Pippen made. Yeah, I mean, you know, just for inflation. I mean, come on. Yeah, okay, so only, say, du- only double. I, I, only double. I think. I think also importantly. I mean, to your point, Sam. I mean, yeah, overpay, but also kind of out of touch. I mean, we're yeah. always going to say that. That's, that's, the, that's the more important thing. Well, but by the I, way, I the mean, two the two tend to happen in concert, do they not? Right. Sure. I mean, yeah. I, I should hope owners are always going to be out of touch, but players like it's, it's cause we see players every day. We got to listen to like that CJ McCollum stuff. It's like, yeah, I mean, I will say with, I will say with management of the team, yeah. they have to be a little more in touch because nothing's, I don't want to say nothing's guaranteed, but they're seeing a lot of money be lost by games not being played right now. They're not, they're not locked into guarantees the same way players are. So there, there's just more risk is, I guess, the better way to put it. Like if there was a, if there was more risk on the player side, maybe it would be the but same. Maybe this is good. You know, maybe CJ McCollum having enough money and power to prioritize his health is ultimately good. I mean, sure. Like, I mean, none of us would act different in his position. It's let, just, let's, it, let's get that out of the way and make that it, clear. It's just an interesting quirk right now where you've got, owner seeming broker than players you've got you know who whose balance sheet do you want who would you rather be right now cj mccollum or tillman fertita i mean i don't know tillman fertita's out there with his chest puffed out talking about how much money he has hmm. but if you just ask me which one based on how they're talking i probably want to be cj mccollum yeah i mean fertita has the the potential to just absolutely be broke right Where not, not, and that has nothing to do with the fact that like any one of these owners has what 200 full-time employees plus over a thousand like day stadium yeah. freelance workers and just having to deal with the constant noise and everything about it. Whereas the player can just kind of be like, yeah, everyone should just say self quarantine and stay in their <laughs> house. They'll have to deal with like any well, I of think the, the hassle. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, first, we're not defending owners. Second, uh, very important <laughs> point to say that, no, it's very easy if you don't have any responsibilities as a player or just someone tweeting online to not really understand what, you know, what the fuck people have to deal with to a, a either get this league started again or to kind of get the league in a place that like, I, dude, I love basketball too. Sam loves like we all love basketball and it's just, it's just really, the NFL has a, has a game this Christmas which is, you know, kind of the NBA's day. And I bet you, I bet you if the NBA messes around and doesn't play any games on that day, I bet you the NFL messes with the schedule and puts like four games that day, right? Mm. And then now the NFL is going for the, be an NFL The NFL is going right. for the jugular. The NFL is going Exactly. By the way, they're this, gonna is wipe what, the NBA this is what, this is what you risk. This is what you risk when you get a little bit arrogant. You get a little bit fat and sloppy and lazy. And to be clear, we said the irony of the the irony of Mark Cuban. By the way, we said pigs get what what did he say? Um, Oh, the 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 uh, pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. Yeah, Um, that's what agents love to tell their players. By the way, the agents love telling their players that when they want to just sign a deal and not have the player bother them about how that needs to be more money. But <laughs> what um, you're saying about arrogance though. No, no. Okay. But I wanted to get back to some, as we said, the players overpaid yeah. to be clear because it's a BRI split. So too of the owners. So too of the owners of the teams, you know, this is the result of this insane money flood that came into the league on the you know as a result of the uh, the big tv deal with espn abc and tnt a deal that was so bad apparently for tnt that or turner that they fired or laid off like 10 percent of their staff immediately in its aftermath because that's the other thing is that they're not the biggest shop or weren't at the time that they did that deal um it, you know the owners and owning a team became too easy a way to make money and to cash out and suddenly you had these crazy valuations of these franchises and you're selling the Clippers for over $2 billion. And um, I mean, that also happened. And I think that, yeah, they got a little bit, they got a little bit fat and lazy and sloppy um, kind of at a time where the screws were being put to the NFL and all the prestigious writers in the country were talking about how the NFL had next. Right. Right. You right. Know, think that the NFL would have become undone of its, you know, immense success, but they had this other strange thing uh, that it hurts the brains of the players. And, you know, maybe people care about that. People, people wondered, perhaps the public cares about that, but apparently the public doesn't care about that. It at does all. not do not care. Do not <laughs> care. No one's ever cared. <laughs> no, but it, yeah. But what the public does care about is uh, Kawhi Leonard choosing a new team every season. <laughs> apparently they care more about that. Yeah. Um, I do. I, mean, want, I just, do want well, to in, uh, in, in a negative way. Yeah. Let's right. uh let's move this back to one more last dance related topic. Mm. I want to move this a different way. I wanted to ask you this earlier, but we've got side tangents. We had to discuss birthright into twenty different, yeah, <laughs> into 20 yeah. different things. Um, it's two Israel, two peace. actually peace. two different peace. topics peace. here. Yeah. Um, one well. was I wanted to ask you this last week, but we had Marcus on. <laughs> Uh, the Sam Smith book, the Jordan rules, you have written probably the closest thing to that in terms of being embedded in a team. And it just, just walk me through what you felt about all that and kind of the reality of everything he was talking about with the backlash and everything. Oh, Sam Smith. Yeah. Well, my first thought was I had no idea about it. I had no clue. I didn't know. Like for all I knew, Sam Smith wrote the Jordan rules. And then 
I don't know, he uh, filed the next column and there was no issue in his life right. as far as I knew. I, I didn't, it makes sense. It makes sense, but I just never really thought about it because I thought so much of this is, I, I guess a lot of what I'm learning from the last dance is that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Right. And that some of these things I've ascribed to the new technology, which certainly amplifies aspects of the culture, but mm -hmm. it has always been, it has always existed. And um, in the case of Sam Smith, it was interesting that there were death threats and it, it was interesting that people were angry at him for altering the mythos of Michael Jordan for them. But in the end, as much as Michael Jordan hated the book and as much as Jerry Krause hated the book, um, I thought it made the Bulls more interesting and it made Michael Jordan more interesting. You know, I've made the analogy that in American Hustle, they're talking about the best perfumes have, I, I think it's the top coat. There's something rotten in the top coat of it. There's something a little rotten along with whatever's perfumey and citrusy and wonderful. And there's just something something a little bit rancid that draws people to it. The idea that Jordan was a hyper competitive asshole while being our hero was an interesting idea and I think made him more so. And so, yeah, but to bring it back to Sam Smith and the emotions of all of that, uh, I don't necessarily compare or think about what I'm doing in regard to that. I think that's a very unique cultural artifact to that time. And I have sure. an immense, immense amount of respect for it. And I think that, we just did things differently and there was no real, there wasn't aggregation like there is now. I think aggregation is a massive tax on honesty. And I'm Do not you blame Bleacher Report for your book, not being more of a bombshell. <laughs> is that what we're getting at here? Because, no, no. because it, it is true. Like I, I feel like Sam Smith wrote stuff that if, if those bulls existed today, yeah, we would have a better idea that, you know, MJ's maybe ornery, maybe not the yeah. best teammate, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, he put stuff in there that I just couldn't like, I've heard similar stuff, but there's, I, I just couldn't do what he did when he, when he puts the, the argument between Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan, where they're arguing over which of their sons has the largest penis stuff like that. You probably couldn't do today. I, I think. It would why, little, why couldn't which you, is, are, which, are you which, saying you couldn't because, um, it's just like uncouth or because you feel like journalistically you can't. Well, probably, I mean, that's a different conversation. I just think that that would like dominate news cycles and aggregation. In right. That <laughs> it couldn't, it wouldn't just be an interesting little funny detail in your book, you know, like a footnote. That, it'd be, yeah. it'd be like, Oh, this is what victory machine is about. Why yes. is KD and, and yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, you could, you yeah. couldn't anecdotally but, talk about like right. two dudes talking about their like sexual conquests yeah, in, could, in that way. It, that would be yeah. what the book is. That would about, just com right. completely define Ruin the book. The, yeah. It would define yeah. the book. You know, nobody talks yeah. about the Jordan rules as the penis yeah. argument. Book. The, the quintessential right. decision on who is the biggest. Yeah. 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 That, <laughs> That would completely define the book nowadays because it would be excerpted and argued about and aggregated. And so it just, it's different parameters. It's different parameters. And, you know, David Halberstam and the way he wrote in the 1970s about the Blazers, it's just, right. it's so, it's just so different. It's so different, but it was interesting to me that he dealt with the level of backlash. It's something I can certainly relate to, but I got to say the difference between it is that Michael Jordan has stands um and had stands and you know there are people online who you know get mad about 
their perception that it's like trying to tear KD down or whatever, right. which I, I don't think if you read the book, I don't think that's what you take away, but maybe no there's authority on that. Uh, I think it's sympathetic, but uh, just there aren't a lot of people. I feel bad sometimes like people will aggregate aspects of the book and they'll just pile on him even more. And so it's also a different, it's a different, I would aspect. also argue the KD parts are, maybe the least interesting parts of the well, book i mean that's because you, that's, that's because you knew the fucking story it's prob- sam, probably sam, okay. hipster sam, sam told me that but like almost everybody i talked to says the opposite <laughs> says the opposite <laughs> of it but yeah well i mean you're you, we call it sam sources it's a segment of light here, so. <laughs> the jury pool is a bit tainted because sam knows a lot of it and sure you know, we've that, that's that, that's the other that's the other part that makes us like i don't even know how to tackle what i think is the most interesting because little bits of it have been like shared at different like <laughs> it doesn't have the like oh wow i didn't consider yeah. this you know yeah well the, there is this anxiety though where you start wondering you start wondering like what is the reaction to this going to be and you know is this person going to get mad at me and how is that going to manifest and I mean, that's, I don't tend to get into that when I talk about it because I don't think readers ultimately or fans ultimately care about my own nope. psychodrama at all nope. or like nah. my feelings. Nope. So, you know, this is about serving them. It's about creating something interesting for them. But yeah, it is anxiety. It is weird. Like Larry Riley goes on the radio and says the, uh, the you know, the Chris Paul non-trade never happened. And then- Oh, we, I, I meant to ask you about this. Yeah, we, yeah, we got like an hour in here. Yeah, well, and that then, that, but I that think that's people calling Ethan a racist. But my two uh, favorite parts. I mean, of Ethan's I Ethan's I, gonna I, Ethan's I, always gonna be a racist until he changes yeah. his skin color. But well, uh, now it's gonna be excerpted. Like the context of me saying that the money flood happened because of the TV rights deal, so players got overpaid. It's going to be excerpted somewhere as me saying that NBA players overpaid. NBA. We can actually pull Victor, that. Ben, we Victory, can actually pull that. We can- Victory Machine author calls NBA players overpaid. Yes. <laughs> oh, it would be perfect. It would be. Oh, you're you're giving us numbers, Ethan. This is uh, this is what this is what Sam and I live for. Please, please don't um, do that. It, it won't be. <laughs> please don't do that. Um, yeah. So, so any so so anyway. But then, like Larry Riley said that. But then Chris Paul was asked about it and completely confirmed the whole thing. Um, and you're just sort of riding this out. You're sort of riding this out of like, you know, but then you just remember that it's all, it's all just kind of fleeting. And I think the whole yeah. crazy press conference with KD getting mad at me was a good mm-hmm. primer on it where it all feels really important. I was just going to say it yeah. all feels really stressful and then life moves on. Can we, can we like, go and- back to the KD or sorry, the, the Chris Paul trade? Like yeah. it was pretty well reported that the Warriors were willing to trade Steph for Chris Paul. Didn't and everyone, everyone was kind of whole thing, yeah. Everyone was kind of cool with it because it was Chris, Chris Paul. Paul. It was the best point I guard mean, in yeah. basketball. Like, I, I mean, I was mad they didn't trade Steph for Darren Williams because I was like, come on, Steph's nice, but he's never gonna be it, it was a, a guy yeah. it was a guy with one ankle who did some cool shit at Davidson. Um and this kind of stoner draft pick out of the Northwest that <laughs> you didn't know that much about. Uh, for the greatest point guard in in the NBA, I mean th- right. that's the thing. It's hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't think anybody would blame them. Would blame them for floating Steph in various trades. It made sense back then when you know Joe had just taken over the team. So uh, yeah, it's not any slight, but it, you know it's the, the possibilities of trading Steph are cited just to show that the Warriors weren't psychic. 
right? And there's some luck involved to this whole journey. That's just how it is. Um, I want to compare that last the the last dance talking about MJ coming back in age 32. Or I immediately texted Sam and said, "Hey, how old was MJ when he came back from retirement?" And Sam yeah. was like 31 or 32. And I go, "All right, let me go look up Steph's age." And that's kind of the 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 similarity that I would like. I hate, to I hate see for the I, next I hate season. to burst your bubble, but it was just kind of an older league back then. It was an older league, I think. Ethan, maybe, please, I, please don't do this. Not well, it's it, too, maybe too like fast. Kevin Pelton will swoop in hurt, and demonstrate that I'm me. actually wrong <laughs> statistically. It was a much younger league. He's good at that. I, I I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's it's possibility, but it felt like an older league. It was less physically taxing. 77, 74 scores were disgusting. A lot of yeah. those, huh? It was fun. dude. It was fun. It was fun. See, you don't know. You don't know. Like that. That's the like other thing. Football, every like game, every game, game felt inevitable and ended with like an MJ twelve footer. Yeah, but, but like the low. <laughs> scores, I'm a Kobe Duncan guy, so that's what. Here's I grew the thing up with low scores. You don't want them too low. You don't want them in those seventies. But when they're the right, you kind of want them around a hundred. And when there's less scoring, a, a score feels like a touchdown. Yeah, I feel like you don't want this crazy right. Houston rocket shit where it's 150 to saying. 157 at that point this is just crazy stupid video game stuff you need that right. playoff pressure you need it to have some some meaning when when you know when somebody scores a bucket I mean I don't know it was cool I didn't know any better when I was a kid I thought it was all very awesome I thought it was all great I didn't question any of it so uh <laughs> yeah um you know here's the thing uh, yeah, the Warriors and Steph, they could really get their verve back, but there are two super teams in L.A. I mean, that's 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 kind of the issue. I mean, a lot of it's the competition. Fuck, I can't believe I'm scooping. Not scooping. It's not a report, but I'm, I'm totally giving up what I'm going to write about right now. It's like a fool, like an idiot. But, I mean, the competition's a lot of it. I mean, you can you, you have to beat. You, you, I don't think. They're not playing plumbers. Yeah, well, the, the last dance, plumbers. I mean, some of these teams were really good. But I mean that Sonics team kicks ass. But some of these other teams, I mean, they're already building up the Pacers with the violin music, as we said. And I mean, <laughs> you know, not great. Um, but are the LA teams that great? Like, I was just let, gonna say, I might have to push back on that. Let's fast forward it a year. The Lakers are obviously Anthony Davis is entering his prime. Yeah. LeBron will be yeah, thirty six. Yeah. Who knows? What that looks like, yeah, he's probably gonna. I don't know if they're great. super teams. I just, I don't know. But if like the re- every that's everyone else on that team is old. You're kind of hoping that the Clippers, um, I don't know, have crazy locker room issues. And right, uh, they're they've been underwhelming. They're almost there. But I also they're almost there. Don't worry. Still think they're the best team. So yeah, I, but it's like PG. I mean, fine. Like I don't, I don't know if they're super teams. Um, is my thing, and then. You got the Giannis wild card, but I mean, I'm, I'm with you. That. I'm with you on the concept that like just putting, you know, run of the mill NBA players around the Warriors, like three core guys is probably not going to get it done. Um, yeah. I, I think the Draymond thing. Um, sure. I mean, that's the yeah. big, that's the big yeah. swing factor. And I don't see too much optimism from a lot of observers. That's going to swing in the correct direction. But, but when you say observers, are you talking, um, just like 
smart NBA I'm, people I'm or talking about, about yeah, like I'm talking about, internally I'm talking about in the organization. Like, like, Nick, like, Nick if you heard, like if you heard Zach Lowe or somebody of that no, level no, no. of observation saying, I think Draymond's going to, you know, shoot 41% from three next year. Like I'm not. <laughs> I'll not settle for Yeah, but, but what are we, but also what are we basing that off of? And how much, how much does that really, like he's not going to shoot 40%. So that shouldn't be what we're expecting. Right. So. I mean, if he shoots twenty eight percent from three, and then we extrapolate what he did, I think in the right think, last year, yeah, he's fucked. But right, but like, uh, but I'm saying, like, then he's fucked, want, right? You want, but you don't want defenders sagging off of him, and you want him to be the force that he was defensively, and and these are the things that you want because there's this other awkward issue with the team. And man, I can't believe we're going to this Warriors team right now in this pandemic where we don't even know. Well, well we're not going to even see them play for seven months. So no one's going to remember yeah. this. Uh, anyway. pa- Pascal <laughs> and, and Draymond don't really mesh on the floor. So no. that's figure out, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a little bit, I mean, but I'm not, we're also not sure. If, I'm not sure if either of them are good. So <laughs> I was going to say, which is, which is a, which is a bigger, which is a bigger, or sorry, when I say good, I'm not, I'm not sure either of them are Val- wins added, whatever. Like I, I know what you're saying. Good, en- um, good I, I enough. Good enough. Good enough for you to consider them in your calculus of what you want to do. Uh, well, yeah. Um, I get that. I get that. Uh, which, but, but I is think a it's just, much bigger issue if Draymond is not that player. Yeah, but I think that we have more trust in Steph and Clay being what they were. But it's 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 Draymond where you just don't know and. A lot of people are pessimistic based on what happened last season. I don't claim to be able to predict the future, but that's that's the uh, that's the big which question. is fair. Um, I also, but to put, I'm going to put my Homer hat on though mm, because Draymond like was pretty good. He he was pretty good, although I always have it on usually, uh, at least in the last few years. He was pretty good at the Western Conference Finals and the NBA Finals. Like he kind of got wrecked by Siakam a little bit, but he was still pretty good. Like he was a top, okay, four I would say player. And the NBA Finals, and and that's a guy that top four on and, the and Warriors, the, yes, <laughs> on the floor. Because um, I also don't think Kawhi was that great in that series. Kawhi um, was better than him. Siakam was better than him. Lowry was better than him. Steph and Clay were better than him. Van, Van, Fleet. Van Vliet was probably better than him. I eighty's eleven minutes were better Draymond, than him. But Draymond, count. Draymond was really good in that series. I disagree. Draymond was really good. I mean, um, he's and he I'd was a big him, part. And I'd rather of, have a, him than Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet in the series. He was a big part of the reason that Steph couldn't get a shot off when, you know, Clay was. But, but we know. knew that, though. We knew that. But that's a real thing. Like what you're, what you're, what you're saying, you have to be honest with yourself. Is he can be useful if you put amazing scores around him. Which means they have to get amazing scores, which he limits their ability to do because I mean, he makes money that implies he can do something. Well, first of all, there's already two of them. I like, I like going down this direction. I, I like I like harsh Sam. I like harsh. <laughs> you know, well, I Sam's like wanted it. wanted Draymond out for a long time. I'm saying, no, it's not even I'm that. A, I just I literally just want to ma- watch him make a shot. I, I'm like I, I'm I'm not down for yelling, running. He's still he's the best still player really the team's good. had out of town, and then just like you know. All right, now you're just now you're just you're pulling an Andy. Now you're trolling. He, he no, I'm not. Like Katie's, gonna Katie's the guy better. was gonna leave, and sure, but and he brought him. He's got to so he's got to back it up if he's going to. He has backed. They've won three titles with him being an integral part of the team. He has backed it up. I think all I'm, saying, a part is, of him all I'm where, saying is if I was a Lakob, 
um, beyond taking the free birthright trip, I would <laughs> be considering trading him the minute he gets hot instead of trying to ride some Draymond's back wave. Because I also don't know who you can trade him for, though. Terrible. Who are you going to trade him for? Well, right right I now, think... you're not trading him for anyone. Well, I mean, right now, and I'm not Hillman trading for like, Rudy for Gobert. <laughs> and I'm not trading him for Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Well, then who who would that be? The You're going to trade him for Robert Covington? Covington? Vivek, Vivek. <laughs> We've got a player yeah. for you, Vivek. It's who, tough. Who, who, uh, that's hey, the thing. Hey, that's man, thing. Hey, man that's... I got a Peloton, too. I'm not that impressed by his workout ethic, so just, I'm just saying. It's just nonsense. <laughs> Get, go shoot some threes instead of running on the treadmill. The guy's just nonstop on the bike. It's like, dude, that doesn't help your shooting. Is this a Snapchat um, thing? Is this IG story? Because I, I'm not even aware of this. Like, No, I'm he... Oh no! Which is like Marcus's. Uh, Marcus oh, written stories on, on him. Yeah, um, yeah. But like, yeah. I'm, it, it does seem like every three months we get a story about how Draymond <laughs> is really committed to the the spin bike. Mm. <laughs> They're good enough to win a championship, is what I'm trying to sh- trying to say. They're good enough to win a championship. I don't think that's saying they that can LA pot- potentially two- win one of those gutty kind of ugly championships with veteran savvy. One of those, you know, I think about the Miami Heat beating the Mavericks in 2006 with the help of Bennett Salvatore. Oh, like, so what, trade what for Shaq oh. midseason. Oh, got yeah. it. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, but Shaq, I mean, Shaq back then, well, in that title run, what was Shaq averaging in that finals? 12 a game? Um, yeah, but he was, he was putting up 20-plus before the finals. The finals, it was uh, – okay, your, your point that. stands. He wasn't, he wasn't Shaq. Yeah. There's no way around that. That wasn't that, like that was a Lakers. I don't Shaq. think there's a team. I don't think there's a team that's really that great where you're gonna say, "Oh, that team's gonna beat the Warriors." Like that's not. I happening. just. Like, I, I don't think that's happening. So, so we well, need but, to. But, but here's the thing: the Warriors need to fill out the rest of the roster. I mean, they, they, we're talking about three guys. We're having a conversation about three guys. We're having a conversation about Draymond. I mean, right. They need right. other players. The, this roster from last season. Uh yeah, I mean who, yeah, Steph Clay, Mike Mulder, Eric Pascal, Draymond were good. There is a plausible Ooh. argument to be made, and I really like Damian Lee, but there's a plausible claim to be made that he's their MVP from last season. Yeah, he's horrible. They're, um, he's, not, he's, not, he's, he's, not, he's not, not horrible. He's fine, he's but horrible, um, but I'm not he, a. But, he's, uh, but he like had to fight his way not, to being in the league. You know, I would have taken 2019 Damian Lee on a, the last oh, couple of Warriors over teams. Over, over yes. Alfonso McKinney. Uh, yeah, McKinney, uh, Ian Clark. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but whose fault is that, right? Who's Because then there's a lot of, oh, we'll trade Draymond, do this, we'll do that. Whose fault is it that they can't figure out a fucking roster of people that they need to pick up? Alfonso McKinney is trash. Whose fault How much is does it Steph Curry make? How much does players? Clay Thompson yeah. make? How much does Draymond they Green make? They don't have the flexibility. Generally, I mean, yeah, but you still have to have the ability to to develop and find players that are Alfonso McKinney was a good find, you know, like with the flexibility. Should have been Daniel House. Um, I mean, Daniel House is not a better than McKinney. Well, I mean, House is one of those players where. I'm trying not to. Say. We're not going to also, we're not going to talk about House versus McKinney anyway, but yeah. I just, <laughs> I feel it's a very <laughs> negative. Like an hour and a half in, I hour just, and a half in. I, I yeah. yeah, go ahead. Can you remember you remember just the degree of food he was for KD, by the way? I mean, of course, anybody really right. can't guard. He really him. shouldn't be guarding KD. Which no. is, that no, speaks well, more nobody. to that speaks more to the Rockets. But yes, your point stands. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> uh, he's a nice it, it's the same caliber of player. 
Yeah, but then again, you know, um, McKinney shouldn't be guarding Kawhi Leonard or whatever. Right. <laughs> Didn't look any better. <laughs> the the front office will have to find out. Uh, we will find out how good they are with what they have, the, the tools that they have. Because I'm trying they have to help draft them. pick both years. I'm trying yeah. to no, but I mean, it they goes, have the trade it, exception, Ethan. They have the trade exception. They have a lot of stuff that they can. It does use. go like you. Okay, let's 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 be honest with it here. Okay, Draymond makes twenty four mil a year starting next year. What does he realistically need to produce at? to justify stay i mean justify being worth that uh 30 i mean first of yeah. you need to get above you definitely need above 30 from three um i don't even know i i don't a lot of it's the defense it's a combination but, part, but also defense and and being able i you need defense and stick an open shot and yes and stick an open shot like that's okay. what needs to happen i i don't any, know any when you shot. say recoup but when you say recoup value it's so bloodless sam i mean this isn't somebody <laughs> because because you've like, been paying him for past past yeah past this isn't a guy well. this that's is a guy who probably gave them money yep. back yep when he sure he was and, worth more than whatever he got lot, paid yep, from yeah. 14 to 18 i but guess they've got a very complicated relationship with draymond you know he's the heart of the team he's you know the fans love him uh and there's this deep love but then there's also this sense of uh there's the sense of the, the kicking lebron in the nuts and you know the whole deal like he's god the, the draymond yeah. saga it's really quite incredible yeah. um but yeah, it's too much of an emotional attachment. Like this this thing of to recoup the value. He's not some free agent that you signed off the street. You know, it's it's a different consideration. But to, but point taken. Point taken. It's a well. I'm just saying steal. it's if from. He, a... let, me, let me put it this way: if he plays like he did last season, it's it's like one of the, <laughs> the very onerous deal. Well, yeah. I mean, he's. I, I meant more I mean, from if, a yeah. um because there's a salary cap and there's all these financial cons. Like if it was baseball, I'd be like, eh. So you're paying him double his value. Who cares? You, he's given you more than that, and you deal with it, right? But because basketball's finances are different. You kind of have to ask the difficult questions. Yeah, no, I I, I like how harsh you are. I'm I'm into <laughs> it. It's honest. It's uh the show that Scott Galloway does on Tech. No mercy, no malice. You know, it's no mercy, <laughs> no malice. It's, it's the Samus Vendiari way of basketball assessment. I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah, I I just find better players around these guys. They've won you enough games. Figure it out. Figure it um, out. Don't, with- don't blame don't blame the guys that have got you there. Get 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 them good players and. And help him win another. You're also the dude who tries to pretend no. like Brandon Crawford was good, and so you know you like, he was good. Fi- so he so was mediocre. good. So so wait, Andy, gold glove shortstop. So, so you want them to have these fines, but when they find Damian Lee like off the scrap heap, you're just calling him garbage. You're just calling him terrible. By the way, Steph Curry found Damian Lee, so um, let's move on from that. That's a Steph product. Uh, I mean, find dude- find me a guy that the. That, that the actual team had can develop and has found and figured out. My thing is, honestly, I think they can give excuses for the last few years because they just had to have had a great team. It, it For me, it's like, what are they going to do with the stuff that they have today? Two top draft picks uh, and a trade exception. Uh, and then more money than any other owner that are willing to spend, right? Because you would assume Joe Lacob's going to want to spend more than anyone else, hopefully. If not, that's another story. But that's a lot of stuff that they have that could convert to a few really good players, not just like random, you know, vet guys, well, okay, right? Like so this is the, this some is the legitimate players. This is the big question because I love draft picks. So I want them to get draft picks. I love watching the journey of a draft pick. I, I enjoy it. I love so trade them. So trade them. I know what you're going to say. But, so but, trade them. No, 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 no. But 
well, that is where I'm going. I can't logically <laughs> defend making the pick right. given the timeline the team is on. I, I mm-hmm. find it difficult to defend mm-hmm. it logically. Like I, for my own interest, I want to see these draft picks develop. That's what I want to see. Where are you guys on that? Do you just package the two picks? Is that is that? Where oh, you're me and Sam have have done this quite a, but <laughs> we've argued about this quite a bit actually. Um, so it doesn't it come down to do you think? Yeah, they can. Like, because if they want to get a big trade, they need every tool at their disposal, right? Yeah. So are you better? suited kind of pulling the Celtics type thing where you're trying to dra- develop and probably lowering your ceiling waiting yeah. for that big move that may never come or throwing it into something. And then like, you know, maybe, maybe Joel Embiid asked to get out. And by then you don't have anything to give for him. Yeah. I mean, that's, yep. yep. I don't, I don't know. I mean, a lot of it has to do. <laughs> That's why we're not getting paid to do it. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with your intel. A lot of it has to do with your intel and knowing who might want to go where and if they want to actually play with you. And I mean, yep. how crazy would it be if Giannis, and I don't think this is going to happen, what if Giannis just said, it's the Warriors, it's only the Warriors, trade me to the Warriors. Yeah. There's no other option. There's no leverage. Yeah, like AD, right? Like yeah, AD, like, yeah, like that would be. That would be interesting. Well, you know, AD, there is still that sense of, well, maybe we could send him here or there. I mean, that, that, that situation would be interesting. That would be very, it would be bad for the league probably, but it would be interesting. Interesting is a lot of thing, but how likely (laughs) is interesting. Interesting. (laughs) I mean, I don't, Giannis is somebody I've never, never met in my life. You know, I know some people who know him, but like I don't really want to speculate on that just because right, he's right. somebody he's just somebody I don't I don't know I don't have a bead on I don't know if he's somebody who's completely cool with a lot of people hating him or having something against him <laughs> you know I don't because that's what you need I wouldn't have known that Anthony Davis could have carried out that whole thing that ultimately worked out for him but he did it mm-hmm. yeah now nobody and and so we've had this kind of Sam and I had this kind of back and forth where it's like then do you try and package that pick with what you can and get someone like. Josh Richardson or Marcus Smart. These names that Slater has thrown up uh, using the, I'm the trade exception. The, so I'm it's not into so the Marcus. Like, I'm not into the Marcus Smart thing. I love Marcus Smart. I love Marcus. Marcus Smart, Smart and like, Draymond and like it's yeah. just well, yes, like, yes. Nothing makes me happier. <laughs> no, I, Marcus Smart. I love Marcus Smart as a player, but uh, guards who go balls to the wall defensively are some of my favorite players. Uh, but the ones with shaky with a shaky shot, they tend to get hurt a lot. They tend to burn out. Him and Draymond are out of the league in like two years <laughs> when, they, when they're on the same team. Um, Ethan's just speculating until playoffs where you know Marcus Smart has a torn labrum and Draymond's knees hurt, and it's yeah. Steph Clay, McKinney, yeah. and Quinn Killian, Cook. and Killian. How Hayes. did you? And Killian Hayes is scoring twenty a game, twenty and ten for Brad Stevens. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's get out. What's your next book going to be on? Let's get out of here with that. What's your uh, what's what's the next one going to be titled? What's it going to be on? Might be on tech, might be local, uh, mm. local tech scene. And beyond that, um, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm, I'm doing some sort of, uh, let's say, preliminary feelers um, what it might be. But right now, given the current circumstances, it's hard to it's hard to kind of, it's just hard to get moving on some things. It's hard to, it get, really it's hard is. to work. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, but huh. yeah, it might not be basketball. 
It might be basketball. It might not be basketball. So I, Slate, Ethan, is coming back. Or where did you use to, Was it Slate or? Uh, no, it was, was the it worst one. It was the worst one. It was Slate. Uh, it was the worst one. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I forget which one. I kind of feel like I have one more basketball book in me um and then maybe something else but ultimately i'm just really lucky and fortunate if i get to write another book and that was what i was mostly terrified with this whole thing was is this going to bomb and nobody's going to read it and then i'll never get another shot at the very least that hasn't happened so i feel like i you know i have permission nah. to do another one so you know you know you know people love you come on stop it stop it and then they'll hate you and then they'll love you you're the voice of the fan people love you this is why i need that's why you need the words to make the right pick you're like my my book i need a good book i need you guys (laughs) to not fuck this up (laughs) (laughs) oh man ethan strauss all right man i uh, stay safe uh please appreciate Um, it sir yep all right brother see you guys